the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright of Seinfeld Podcast. We're two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back. Because we love Seinfeld, and you love Seinfeld, and this is the NPR Network. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. That's right, Adam. We love Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Oh, Seinfeld. He's just really the best, you know? So good. <laughs> no, this is not NPR. This is the Beefop Network, and we have excitement about Seinfeld. Because today, we are talking Season 6, Episode 6, The Gymnast, a.k.a. The Gymnasty, baby! <laughs> it first aired on November 3rd, 1994. Corey, my man, could you please give us that synopsis? Of course. The Gymnasty. Jerry dates a Romanian gymnast. Elaine tries to tear Mr. Pitt away from the enticing powers of a 3D art poster. George's girlfriend's mother catches him eating from the trash. Kramer suffers from kidney stones at the circus. And just thinking about it, Gymnasty is a perfect name for this episode because they talk <laughs> about the whole reason for you know, oh, the excitement of him dating a gymnast is because the fun he can have doing the nasty. Of course. Of course, dude. I mean, that's why we all fantasized about dating a gymnast. Yeah, very true. And <laughs> we, I got uh, some stories about that. We want to be the apparatus. That. Yeah, yes. All right. Yes, we do. And to start off this episode, like we've started off every episode of Seinfeld, we have a stand up. This one about toilet seats. This one is about something I do not even understand. So uh, let me go through it and then say, I do not know what he's talking about. I've never been able to figure out why they make these bizarre toilet seats that they have. You know, like these clear Lucite ones with all the coins in it. I don't know what he's talking about. It's a lovely tribute to our past president, by the way. It's not bad enough Lincoln got shot in the head. We got to pull down our pants and sit on him, too. That got a big response from the crowd, by the way, and in, in, on the show. It's just incomprehensible that you would buy a thing like this. You install it on your toilet seat and say, and what does this say about you? Well, I can't afford to throw money down the toilet, but look how close I am. Again, I don't know what he's talking about. So I did look this up. So Lucite is like that very clear resin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a plasticky kind of thing. And, I, and I've seen it used in some certain things, but I do not remember specifically like the pennies being a thing. Like I, if that was a 90s thing, I missed it. So I, this joke kind of went over my head as well. Now I have seen kind of ones with either like seashells or um, other kind of like art stuff to oh, it. But oh, like so wait, so wait, so it's molded to be the cushion, correct? But it's lucite yeah. and it's 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 filled with like jello, like filled with things like pennies yeah. or something well, it's like not that. Filled with jello, yeah. So so lucite is like a, um, I mean, it turns into a hard oh. plastic, but it's clear. So wait, are we? Is it the cushion that you sit on, or is it like the thing that goes like the well, lid? Well, it's not a cushion. There's no cushion. Think okay. no cushion. Okay. I mean, okay. it's like a, it's like if you had just had like a plastic seat to the. Oh. Like, do you do you like the cushion on your toilet? 
No, I guess mine doesn't have a cushion. What no, it's just of? it's just plastic. I guess no, no, what I was thinking of was the, or the ceramic. Top. Like what I was thinking of, like sometimes the tops have that sort of cushiony top to it. That's yeah. what I was sort of thinking. So it's, my, gra- it's, my it's, grandmother's toilet used to have like a cushion on like the actual seat, and it is kind of strange though. I don't really need my seat, my toilet seat, to be super cushiony. Yeah, uh, that's not my thing. No, no, Lucite is a is a hard clear. Okay. Uh, you know, like plasticky substance as a resin that you can stick stuff in and it'll, once it's like hardens, then like, you know, it's in there. It's it's super clear though. Yeah. Yeah. So I I am literally, I typed in Lucite, Lucite toilet seat. And the very first image er, is one of a a bunch of fucking pennies. Okay. So this this was probably like a very specific trend like fa- yeah but i look at other ones and i see okay i see more art that i've seen before like ones with seashells or ones with like um like a dolphiny kind of paintingy kind of thing in there okay but, uh, okay but yeah so this was a this must have been a thing we didn't have it in i didn't my household it, i can yeah. tell you so but anyway, i guess it was a fad um so yeah it kind of went over my head yep me too yeah i was like what is he talking about <laughs> yeah all right that's enough talk on lucite and toilet seats so all right uh, at Jerry's, we find out that Jerry is st- or that George is still dating Lindsay, Jessica Hecht from the previous episode that we saw at the very last moments, yeah. the last scene. He's she's given him another chance, and uh, Kramer comes in wanting a hammer. I don't know why he wanted a hammer, but he said he wants a hammer, and Jerry ends up. Oh, he said to hang that- a, hang a poster, but oh, hang a poster, yeah, but it doesn't come. Back, it doesn't like. There is no reference to him needing a hammer, and also we don't see Jerry handing a hammer. What the fuck does he need this? Ha- like, we've already talked about this last episode, and I'm going to talk about it more this episode. It's just, it's just piss poor writing where they have some of these scenes that pop in here that make no sense and don't tie in and don't integrate well with the other stuff. Right here, early on, and I'm only saying it because I've already seen the rest of the episode. He asks for this hammer, and he's putting up a poster. Nothing comes back about the poster. Well, I mean, Nothing comes well, back, the, comes the poster is framed, but but he never takes it with him because he has to leave. You know, like it's the poster that he went to pick up from uh, Mr. Okay, Pitt. So fine. I mean, te- but te- but technically, and and I get what you're saying because ultimately, first off, it's ridiculous that that Kramer doesn't have a hammer. Like that's the one thing. Like but everyone's that's Kramer. Got a that is Kramer. I, yeah, allow that for Kramer. Okay, okay, but yeah, it, ultimately, he doesn't take a hammer. He doesn't leave with the no. hammer, and he never actually takes the poster either. So. It doesn't really come back, and you, I will back you up and say, yeah, that is like a thread that kind of doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Jerry kind of off the cuff mentions that he's dating an Olympic silver medal gymnast, and Kramer is super excited for him because uh, the flexibility and the sexual possibilities when you're dating a gymnast. And you mentioned this <laughs> last episode, uh, but, yeah, that is a fantasy that I think every – straight male has is dating a gymnast or a flexible person exactly for the possibilities in the bedroom. Right. And, and I like the way this is going to play out because you know, your expectations don't always equal reality. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, all right. uh, George, George comes out of the bathroom, putting his shirt back on, (laughs) uh, which they're all confused about. And he tells them that he takes it off basically when he poops. Yeah, yeah. What? (laughs) 
Where I, does this come from? I mean, I can I get the rationale, especially if you're if you're wearing like a shirt that's got the like a button down shirt that has like the back tuck in, the front tuck in, and everything. I get the rationale of that. I, I, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. I get it. I guess he's afraid of like if it's a long tuck shirt that it might fall, fall down and get yeah. some poop on it or I, something. Yeah, or you know, he, but he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to feel un you know encumbered he by anything. He's free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get it. I get it. The thing is, I want to feel unencumbered by my lower half when I'm taking a poo. My top half is pretty fine. Well, ultimately, I got to say this. Where the the fault lies is is that I would rather be at my house. Like, if I were George, I wouldn't want to be at Jerry's house doing it. I'd rather just be at my house. Like, you know, and it seems like if you're going to go use the restroom at someone else's place, it's going to be in and out. You're going to be quick about it. But that's no, no, that's a Jerry thing. George is the kind of guy who I think would appreciate deucing at somebody else's house. You're right. It's, some, You're it's right. someone else's time. <laughs> yeah. It's someone else's, like, you know, I don't know, as weird, as, as cheap as he is, someone else's water that they have to pay. Someone else's toilet like, paper. Yeah. Someone else's toilet yeah. paper. He, I think, gets off <laughs> at using other people's toilets i will i will completely agree with you i think george i think you're 100 percent right about that <laughs> okay all right we also find out uh that kramer's having some side pains Oof. so ooh, having some some medical issues that uh that'll come back and i don't know if you're gonna bring it up but i have to tell you i love the line that jerry says to to george Asking about, you know, the shirt and everything. But he goes, mm-hmm. knowing you is like going out into the jungle. Oh, I yeah. never know what I'm going to find next. <laughs> and I'm really scared. Yeah, it was a cute line, but I, I didn't find it worthy to, to write about. But, uh, uh, but you did. Yeah. And it was fine. It's, it's decent enough. So, I liked you know. it. Yeah. God damn. I just got to mention this. Every sip I'm having more about this whiskey, it's it tastes more... Red apple and green. If, if red apple and green apple had a baby, they would have put that into this whiskey. Yeah. And what you it. all don't see out there in the podcasting world is that every time I'm talking, Adam takes a sip. He leans back in his chair. It's this giant exaggerated <laughs> thing. And, and I'm like, what's happening? Am I saying something wrong? But I'm like, I have to keep powering through it, even though Adam's like, oh, my God. He's having an orgasm over there with his whiskey. Buddy, I'm talking here, man. I'm just digging it, all right? I'm, drink, I'm drinking Sazerac Rye. Um, it's just a 90-proof regular uh, kind of baby or um, basic rye here or um, barely rye. You, you uh, got a real uh, When Harry Met Sally orgasm thing going on over there, really? dude. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm digging it. I usually don't dig rye, but um, I, I drank this one like months ago, and I didn't dig it. And then I let it sit for a, mo- for a few months, and now I was like, you know what? Tonight's the night I'm going to give it a try again. And that's what you should do with your whiskey. You should drink it, and if you're not loving it, give it some time. It changes with with some air. It changes, not really changes with time, but like with air in the bottle, breathing and everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It it, it absolutely changes some flavors, and so it's like usually mellows out some of the flavors um, in general. Sometimes to a boring extent, sometimes not to a great extent. But tonight, I, I I've actively been trying to improve my rye tasters. Uh, or just just like my rye whiskeys, give them a shot. And this is one that I'd heard was worth trying. And the first sip, I was like, meh. But right now, orgasmic face, as you said, I guess. <laughs> so. Hey, you like it. What, what's the title of it again? What's it called? 
uh, Sazerac Rye. You, uh, you can find it for probably anywhere between, I'd say, 30 to 40 bucks is usually about right. Okay, okay. So, but I think I got my actually. Oh yeah, yeah, right around or twenty five sometimes if you live in the right area. So, <laughs> I need a, I need a whole another whiskey podcast. But actually, as I mentioned before, if you listen to our Curb episodes, I'm going. I think I'll be able to have a different whiskey for every episode of Curb. Uh, and so, if you want me to just bring, I'll be doing like one minute reviews on our <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes, um, just because you know I have so many whiskeys and there's not all that many episodes of Curb. <laughs> And that right there is worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. All right. So I'm done talking whiskey on Seinfeld. You yeah, got to save it for sure, buddy. Yeah, exactly. All right. I want to talk Mr. Pitt mm-hmm. because Elaine is at Mr. Pitt's place and it's good to see it's, Mr. Pitt. Oh, dude. It's always a good episode with Mr. Pitt's in it. It is. Do you know what it made me feel sad about, though? Him leaving? Well, yeah. That's going to be happening soon. Um, but... We're in episode six of season six, and I haven't had one sighting of Newman yet. Oh, yeah, that that's, is That's That's what it's making me – like, that hit me. That hit me on this episode, and I was just like, oh, Mr. Pitt, I love you. But then I was like, wait a minute. Where's my Newman? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least well. we do know that some big Newman story arcs are coming. Yeah, we're going to have some really good stuff upcoming, so – all right, but at uh, Mr. Pitt's place, you know, he needs her to go over some water company documents. There's a big merger happening, uh, but he doesn't want her to use a fountain pen because he says they smear. Of course. Uh, and so, of course, what is she going to do? Throw that open top fucking yes! fountain pen right into her purse. Oh, She Elaine. didn't even close it. Oh, you absolutely Elaine. noticed she didn't close it. That's Laney right there for you guys. That's not going to come back and bite her in the butt, though. Will, will no, it? no, never, never. <laughs> but what I do like, it, it wasn't, I mean, it was overt when you're really paying attention. But if you're just kind of watching the show, you don't notice that she just kind of chucked it in there without putting the top on. Yeah, actually, it's that was decently subtle if, if when you think yeah. about it. I think actually it was probably only more overt because we're watching it in the un, the incorrect aspect ratio with it zoomed in, uh, you know, yeah. the HD on Hulu thing because it's fucking zoomed in. So you wouldn't have even noticed it that much when it's in its standard aspect ratio. Yeah, which which actually I wanted to make a I should have made this comment about that exact issue. Um, in the last episode, they had the whole Poppy's stain on the couch and they had like this – I feel like it was almost an extra cut of seeing the stain on the couch and then they cut up to Jerry and his reaction. But like if it was in the proper aspect ratio, we would have had Jerry reacting and the stain in the same shot. But because they punched in – So they cut – they basically cut one – they turned what would essentially be one shot, one frame into two different cuts, right? I I don't know if they did because I would have to go back and rewatch yeah. the four by three version, but in my opinion, I think they did because there was kind of like this is almost an awkward shot of a tight on the on the uh, P, and then they cut up to Jerry and his reaction, and they kind of held on that. But I think they had him just staring at it. If they just had the wider shot of him staring at the P 
it was funnier just holding on that. And I think that's what they had originally, but because of their aspect ratios and the punch in, they had to do it. Now, I know I know, I should have mentioned this in the last episode, so I apologize. Well, do you think when this goes to Netflix that they're going to revert back to the original aspect ratio? It seems God, like no. at least on— No fucking uh, way. Okay, because at least on sorry, Disney+, sorry, sorry. Plus, it seems like they are—I uh, think they went back in and actually fixed all the Simpsons because uh, Fox had them uh. on Hulu as, like this, you know, the widescreen uh. aspect ratio. So I give Disney— actual props for I believe they went and fixed and corrected and made the old Simpsons the original aspect ratio and I think there's been a lot of uproar about this I, I and, and they don't like it seems to me moving forward streaming services don't fiddle with the aspect ratio anymore yeah. this was like in more of an earlier streaming thing so I'm wondering mm. if if we will see this I I would say Netflix just give us the option give us both versions you know whichever one you want my immediate reaction, obviously, was God no, um, but I didn't know about that with the Simpsons thing. And the thing is, like, I'm a believer of you should watch whatever yeah. that art is yeah. in its original medium. Yeah. And the thing is, they frame stuff for four by three yeah. because that's what it was set for. And so with Simpsons and whatnot, you're missing some stuff because you're cutting off the top and bottom um, or, you know you'll cut off the left and right or, you know, the, yeah. the left side and the right side. If you're, if you're, um, you know, going vice, vice versa or in the opposite, but yeah, like that is, that is absolutely an issue that I personally, as I already mentioned, I would love to see that. I really do. When this, when this goes to Netflix, maybe they will reverse that mentality. And even though they'd spend all that money, you know, HDifying it, it or whatever. Yeah. 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 But like, it's supposed to be this. Yeah. And so I want to see it in that rate, in that exact setup. Yeah. Or at huh. least just give us the option one or the other, you know, or like yeah. let us choose which one we want to watch. Okay. All right. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be very cool. Yeah. All right. Oh, I, I also wanted to bring up here back to Elaine and the pen. I was like, wait a minute, Mr. Mr. Pitt. I'm pretty certain that you love fountain pens because you had Elaine go out and buy a pen. Like there was an entire episode devoted to that. Well, I guess well, I guess it was a ballpoint pen, huh? Right? It wasn't a fountain yeah, pen. Yeah, it was a ballpoint. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, but yeah, but Mister Pitt seems like the guy, like the kind of guy that would like fountain pens because they're so nice. Uh, yes, you would absolutely think that. Hmm. So, uh, all right. So instead, she'll use a pencil. Uh, but Kramer comes in to Mr. Pitt's place, and he grabs the uh, b piece of digital art, which is magic eye art. Yeah. Oh, my God, man. This was so 90s. I mean, dude. <laughs> mall rats, dude. <laughs> you yeah. dumb bastard. It's not a scooter. It's a sailboat. I mean, this a shit. A schooner is a sailboat. <laughs> you a know sailboat. what? There is no Easter Bunny. <laughs> Definitely listen to our Ball Rats episode, but or on podcast after dark. But um, yes. yeah, dude. Like I, I was. I mean, I was what nine, like ninety four. So I was like fourteen years old or something, sixteen, fifteen, somewhere around there. So this was huge. These magic eye fucking things, dude. I remember these things at the mall. I remember all this fucking shit, and I remember the first time. I got it to work. Like I could see it, yeah. and and you know sometimes it does take people a little bit longer than others. But man, mm -hmm. was this another thing? Like like with the the Lucite, I guess toilet covers. This is such a specific like four years, right? Like uh, uh you yeah. know, it's all there was of these magic eye fucking posters, you know? 
Oh yeah. I absolutely had, we had like maybe two of the books. Um, but like Keisha and I have been like trying to, you know, we, we have a, a, a niece and nephew. And so we're like, who live pretty close. And so we'll babysit them every now and then. So we're like starting to build up some of that, um, baby collection, the baby book collection. And so I was at our local used bookstore and I saw the same magic eye book that I had when I was a kid. And I was just like, Oh fuck, I'm buying that. And I immediately <laughs> bought it. And then like, I went back home and I flipped over all the pages and like did the, did my eye thing. And I was just like, Oh, this is so good. Cause I can see it pretty, yeah. pretty quickly. I, yeah, once, it's like muscle memory. Once you figure out yeah. how to do it, you can kind of do keep doing it, you know? Exactly. And so I just did it. And I just, I was brought back to just yeah. like that time yeah. in the nineties when it was huge. And it just made me feel so happy. It's, it's so like 1994, 95, you know, God, yeah. it's huge, it dude. Yep. Yeah, because Mallrats was ninety five, wasn't it? Or yeah, ninety four, somewhere around there. And it's funny because like the shapes that you see in there, they're so like rudimentary. Like you know, the spaceships are just like they're they're so simple and everything. And uh, yeah, dude, ah, magic eyes, dude. But yeah, so Mallrats was ninety five. Yep, that's that's perfect. I know my my Mallrats. Oh god, I love Mallrats, dude. I know, and everybody should listen to uh, your. Your episode where you talk like for two and a half, maybe three hours on Mallrats. I think it was three and a half hours. Yes. There you go. (laughs) That fucking tracking Mallrats fucking almost broke my hand. I think I still have carpal tunnel from it. (laughs) Well, that's the problem, man. Like I shifted from doing handwritten Mm. handwritten notes to doing uh, laptop notes a long time ago. Partly because my, my... handwriting is so fucking bad that I used to try and read them. And I'm like half the time when I'm editing, I'm cutting out. What the fuck did I write? Because like, <laughs> I couldn't read yeah. it. And so, yeah, I switched over to computer notes a while ago. I, I, you know, and knowing that you do that, I was actually thinking about trying that for the next movie that I track. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, like for, for cause for a movie like Mallrats, it took me, I think like 15 pages of like notes, you know, because you have to track everything in a comedy, like everything. Yeah. Whereas we just did the, uh, the, you know, the 1998 blob, yeah. uh, the blob movie. And it's like, you know, there's like five minutes where the blob's just eating somebody and all you're writing down is the blob eats somebody and that's it, you know? (laughs) 100%. I've actually noticed um, John and I recorded recently an episode with Dumb and Dumber, uh, which is a comedy with tons of quotable lines. And then in contrast, you'll listen or you'll do something that is maybe more of an art house film or, or something that's like a musical. So we also, uh, and actually it should be out already. We did an episode of the Muppets, yeah. which the Muppets has a lot of musical elements into it. And so it's just like, well, here's another song um, or, or an action movie. Here's a fight scene. Yeah. And you don't really talk about it, yeah. but when you're doing the comedies, everything is dialogue and so it's just like holy shit everything is like here's and, a great and line with a good, here's a great line and, and if it's a good comedy every every piece is connected to another piece yeah. so you can't even like just let things go oh man comedy movies are hard to track dude so fucking hard but they're fun they're a lot of fun to, to talk about yep. yes they are uh all right so kramer we see is still having some pains in his side uh so he's gonna head out to go see the doctor. But Mr. Pitt, he notices this computer magic eye art, and he's infatuated by it. Of course. Yeah, naturally. Naturally. All right, we s- naturally. We see George uh, doing well with Lindsay and her family. He's very good with the mothers, yeah. he says. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you say? If only I could talk to the mothers and have sex with sleep, the, do- sleep sleep with yeah, the yeah, daughters. Sleep with the daughters. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so. 
I was pretty good at that too. I'm pretty good with the moms. I, I'm good with the parents. I'm yeah. I'm not like George at at like Mr. Temple's house or something. Like I can read social cues. I can I can actually interact and engage. And more importantly, I don't eat eclairs out of the trash. <laughs> yes, and that is exactly the scene we have here, where um, you know. Lindsay goes off to help her grandmother into the car or some shit like that. Uh, but he, George, doing very well. He's picking up dishes. He's offering to help with stuff. He gets to the kitchen and he notices this eclair sitting perfectly on the top of a, you know, in the pile in the trash. And he picks it up and he takes out a bite from the other <laughs> side. Even though there was plenty of food, literally, in the other room, the mom was like, hey, do you want any of this food that's still around? And he's like, no, I'm fine. But that eclair, that tempting fucking, like the, the fucking apple from the tree in the Garden of Eden <laughs> the tree was of so tempting. <laughs> was so tempting to George that he just had to pick it up and eat it out of the trash. But the mother sees it. And yeah, she's obviously disgusted. Uh, this lady, I guess her auditioning process was just like, show us your look of horror. And that's <laughs> and that's how she wins it. Because like, yeah. she, I loved her. I, I thought she was great here and later. Just the look of shock and horror on her face is great. Yeah. So we see Mr. Pitt is just, he's so focused on the art that he sends Elaine to this water company merger that he was supposed to go to and he was supposed to head up. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We see Jerry with his Romanian gymnast girlfriend, Katya. Katya. She is very attractive. Oh, yes, very her haircut, not as attractive. Not as attractive. And one eye, one eyebrow, a little off-center from the other one. But otherwise, <laughs> very attractive. Did, did not notice that. So that actress, Alina Lowenson, uh, Lowenson uh, was born in Romania. So she is actually Romanian. Mm -hmm. um, she was in the movie Schindler's List, yeah. which is a great film. But I also found something that actually was a pretty personal tie for her because uh, her father was the survivor of a Nazi concentration camp. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, she actually, like, legit, you know, has some ties to yeah. that. Uh, apparently, after he died, her mother emigrated to the U.S. with her, where her mother had to go on a hunger strike to get a visa for her to stay in the U.S. as well. Oh, okay. So, like, okay. like immigration, like, they had to deal with some shit to get here, but they really tried and they really pushed, and, and she became an actress after that, which is amazing. What a, what a story. Yeah. No, that that's awesome. That is awesome. And, you know, 
We still have immigration problems to today. All I'll say is, is that as a nation, we need a path to citizenship, and we do not have one right now, or we have a very difficult one right now. Yeah, and I'm not saying it shouldn't be easy, but it should be— There should be um, a path. There should be a path, and it, it is pretty pretty pathetic as it is now, yeah. yeah. So they should work on that. I agree. Let, because, let more hot uh, Romanian gymnasts into the country, please. I've never agreed with you more in my life. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Good All right. Uh, but we do kind of see that things aren't really going great with Katya. You know, Jerry and Katya aren't – they're not working all that well. Yeah. But there's this whole – there's this thing about the gymnast that's still kind of in his head. All right. So at Monk's, Jerry and George go over the whole situation about him eating the trash eclair. Uh, and I do love Jerry's line here. He's like, you crossed the line between man and bum. You are now a bum. <laughs> I like I like everything Jerry is criticizing George about. Yeah. Yeah. And he's pretty fucking true about it. Yeah. Now, have you eaten trash food before? No. No, oh. I'm Jerry. I it's I everything he says, it's you know, George's like, but it's on top of a magazine. It's like, but it's refuse adjacent makes it refuse. That is me. Yeah. I am Jerry. <laughs> uh, I have. I'm sure you have. That I have no doubt about. When I was younger, when I was a kid, I remember me and my good buddy, um, we found, we found like some, it must've been some discarded Halloween candy or discarded, uh, you know, uh, Christmas candy or something. And it, you know, it was still like in his packages, but we got it. And it was like that, you know, when like that chocolate, it was like Hershey kisses stuff, but you know, when that chocolate gets too old and it gets like the white spots and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. And so like we started eating it and then we were just like, eh, fuck it. And we kept it. I'm like, did you get sick? <laughs> No, I didn't end up getting sick, but it was just like it didn't taste good. It was like chalky and gross. But did you, you know, where did you I find I it? Where was it? <laughs> In somebody's trash. You're so disgusting. <laughs> but it was still in the bag. It was in somebody's trash, and we were just like walking around because we lived in the same neighborhood, and we were walking around, and we saw it. It was just like literally in the trash, but it was like a full bag. It was unopened, and so we grabbed it, but it was just old <laughs> you were a bum <laughs> i'm sorry man yeah all right oh, dumpster diving oh my god yeah well sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do uh, how old were you <laughs> like like 13 or something probably yeah it was exactly yeah. around that yeah age. you do stupid yep. shit when you're there i can't yeah. hold it against you but boy oh boy i'm going to <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so kramer comes in and, you know, he lets them know he's got a kidney stone. Uh, I do like Jerry's response. Well, that's got to hurt. Yeah. And the the look of fear on Kramer's face is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, you've never had. I, we're both too young uh, to have kidney stones. Okay. So, well, I was going to bring this up later, but I'll just mention it now. Um, sometimes on Podcasting After Dark, we talk about movies that traumatize us because we, we watch them at too young of an age and it had something horrible in it. This is one of the few episodes of Seinfeld that traumatized me as a kid because, uh, you know, what is this, 94? So I was probably, uh, I was 16 years old. And from this episode forward, I have been terrified of having a kidney stone. Like, unrealistically terrified. Like, as, a, as a, to the point of phobia. And it's literally because of this episode that I am just so fearful of kidney stones. Yeah. 
I can see that. I'm fucked. I can tell you that. I drink whiskey and Coke. And like, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm probably, I'm sure I'm going to get a kidney stone. But at I, some point. I think you can also get the seismic, like the, the sound vibrations to destroy them, but you still have to pass them. Like if they're too big, they'll yeah. give you like this, like sonic infrasound thing and it'll kind of break them up, but you still have to like pee them out. And I think, I, I don't know if it's as extreme as Kramer, but I've never heard it be anything less than horrible right like there's there's nothing less than it's it's painful the thing is i'm a really good peer like i'm super strong at peeing so i feel like if there's one in there i'd pee it out really fast i hope so buddy let us know let us know how it works <laughs> if I, out if for it, you. you know what i hope that i will be far too old before i get a kidney stone that hopefully maybe i'm done podcast or you know what maybe not maybe i'm done podcasting Hopefully, maybe I can just live off of my podcasting, and um, that's all I do anymore, and I don't do anything else. So maybe, yeah, maybe I'm a professional podcaster at that time. That'd be great. I love how your thoughts on your having a kidney scone just turned into, like, ah, but I hope that I'm a professional podcaster by that point. (laughs) Do y'all know that we have a Cartwright Patreon? (laughs) Check it out. Help Adam achieve his goal. (laughs) So when I get kidney stones, it hurts just a little less. <laughs> All right. Uh, Elaine awkwardly, you know, is talking about the merger with these people. Um, she, she's really, at the beginning, she has no grace. Did you notice that? Like, she's just being weird. Yeah, I know. Oh, Elaine, no grace whatsoever. Not even a little bit. And grace is not something you can even learn or get. You're born no. with it. You're Exactly. You have some grace or no grace. Yep. You can't, or you have all the grace or no grace. You can't have some well, grace. Well, you so. know what? The name Moland has no grace oh. either. Exactly. They decide that the name is going to be Moland. And, and Elaine's like, what the fuck, Moland? I'm... It's apparently Mr. Pitt's idea, which is ridiculous. Because it's the, it's, it's the combination of the names Morgan and Poland together. Which I'm just like, then call it Moreland. Like, that sounds like a last name. Moreland Springs is better than Moland Springs, which yeah. sounds awful. It's a terrible name. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Polgan. Polgan doesn't work. No, no. It's it's Moreland. It's too close to Mulva. Mulva. <laughs> I love being close to Mulva. So I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a terrible. terrible no, you're not. Person. You're not sorry. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, George is on the phone trying to defend his actions against his girlfriend about eating the eclair. I wish this would have been an actual discussion with her at Monk's or something like that. Here, he's on the phone with kind of Jerry beside him, but I'm like, dude, I feel we have a little bit of a missed opportunity to have a fun side actress, Jessica Hecht, and and have this back and forth. Instead, it's all one-sided with him on the phone. And she does end up giving him a second chance, but I was like, I don't know. I just it just felt lazy, and which coincides with our thoughts last episode um, about how she didn't pop up until literally the credits, mm. the stinger. It's it's like they're this character they're just doing dirty left and right, like just yeah. not giving enough like screen time to. Because like you sh- like you said, she's she's great. She's always great. I don't. I like her. I always like seeing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, luckily, she uh, was pretty regular on Friends, so mm-hmm. good for her on that because she is a pretty solid actress. So, All right, in comes Kramer with a VHS of Katya's Olympic performance. And, you know, there. 
super excited to watch it. Um, have you ever dated a uh, gymnast, Corey? Nah, no. No. No, me neither. Yeah. I can't remember if I mentioned it here on uh, Cartwright or not, but I did try. I absolutely tried. There was uh, the gymnastics team at, at the University of Georgia who I had met a few of them. I actually danced with a couple of them um, at a bar downtown. It was intimidating because they were very tight and I was very soft and gross. Um, mm-hmm. But there was, there was one of them that I ended up talking to a little bit more at a one of the dining halls. And I was trying to get a date, but I didn't end up – couldn't get any farther than just kind of chatting with her. Um, I think she was, she, it just, it just didn't work out. Whatever. Well, obviously because she realized I was a gross doughy piece of fuck <laughs> and, and she was a hot gymnast. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I've absolutely had like a gymnast crush for a while, for a long time. Oh because yeah. I'm a guy. Oh yeah, of course. No, no. I mean, and that's what, that's what I enjoy about this episode. Everything Jerry is saying is true of, of like what men kind of are thinking or wanting, you know, mm-hmm. out of this or expecting from a relationship like this. And I do actually really enjoy sort of how this whole thing kind of plays out i think it's fun absolutely because kramer is like you know he's trying to push that these gymnasts are some kind of amazing sexual beings which is not what they are but he's like pushing them they're like hey you know you you stand at the threshold of sensual delights most men can only dream of (laughs) i do like jerry's retort here where he's like um you know uh he says back to him you know, you can really talk some trash. I guess that's better than eating it, <laughs> which is a pl- fuck fuck you to George, which is great. I that was the only note I had for this whole entire scene. Uh, I was that was that quote right there because yeah. that's that is one of the things we always talk about. What we love about Seinfeld is that's the real friendship shit that like you and I would do if 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 all things were like this. You would jab at me if I was like George, like in just in a conversation. If you had an option just to jab at me, you would, because that's what guys do. But the weird thing about this scene, and it's not a huge deal, but it kind of has to like, it goes on the pretense that like sort of Jerry and George have never seen a women's gymnastic, you know, mm-hmm. show because they're yeah. so blown away by it. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the only wonky thing is, is that this, this episode or this scene hinges on the fact that sort of George and Jerry have never seen uh, a gymnastic show. Be- judging by the way that like George's like yeah. mouth is a gape, you know? Well, at this point, you know, I guess, yeah, there, there were a couple big, big gymnasts, like Nadia Comaneci, um, a long time ago, Mary Lou Retton, uh, like, you know, in different Olympics. But, you know, gymnastics is not a huge sport that most people have seen. Right. Now, granted, I feel like with, with more television uh, exposure, most people have seen it. And actually, I would say with the Magnificent Seven, with the Magnificent Seven in the 1996 Atlanta Olympics – there was even more exposure, yeah. and then Simone Biles, who is it's, the greatest gymnast of all time. Yeah, like everybody, I feel knows her, or at least should. Like it, gymna- gymnastics has become a little bit bigger than it was at that time. That, yeah, when it, back in '94, I I agree, and yeah, because you because they might. I mean, George does like sports, but just because you like baseball doesn't mean you're necessarily going to like everything mm-hmm. at the Olympics. And they probably just never really tuned into that. Yeah. And I do want to say with Kramer's mentality, there is a weird sexual connection that guys create with gymnastics, which like the gymnasts aren't 
sexual. They're not. They're doing their routines, but there is a thing that the guys tie in yeah. with it, with the flexibility yeah. and with the leotards. I would say, and that kind of stuff, where they're just like, there's something extra sensual about it. I mean, guys, guys, we're horn dogs. Yeah, I'm and sorry, it, and we're visual. If you guys don't know this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're we're terrible people. And and I and, like how yeah. Kramer plays this scene out. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. "Do you want me to leave the tape here?" And he's like, "You know, like yes. shit like that." That was cool, man. Like this, scene, I, I love this expect- shit. I was half expecting him to say, like, once they were watching everything together and everybody getting a little bit, you know, they were very focused on the thing. I was half expecting him to say, I'm out, and him walk out the door. (laughs) I would have loved that. That would have been great, dude. That would have been great. (laughs) Yep. All right. So, uh, Jerry goes out with her, and, you know, things are starting to get kind of hot and heavy. Like, they, they obviously have... You know, a, a sexual kind of something between them in this date. Uh, and then the next day, Jerry tells Elaine that it was boring, ordinary sex. Yeah. It wasn't like this amazing sex, as you put it before, where he kind of thought he would be the apparatus. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how Elaine sort of, like, you know, pokes at him to get to that information. Uh, it did. This episode is good at the at the friendship banter. I like the friendship banter in this episode. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's kind of running through the different apparatus, if you will, like well, the uneven bars, uh, the balance beam. She even says the pommel horse, which actually the pommel horse is a male gymnastics uh, thing. Um, the, the, the women use the vault, which doesn't have the handles. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but it sounds but, uh, funny. The pommel horse sounds funny. Yes. Pommel horse sounds more sexual. Yeah. And I, <laughs> some, and I, for some, it, somehow. And I like the fact that Elaine can give it back to Jerry. Like she can rib yes. Jerry. And this is what we like about Elaine. Elaine is like one of the guys she can hang. She can, you know, jab back when it's, when it's there. Yes, exactly. But now Jerry's a little worried because he's had this mediocre sex with this person and so he's not sure like you know he, he only wants to put in he doesn't he's not interested in her and so he's like how long do i have to put in because i already had this sex and so it's like all right they're gonna have to give it a week and that's the end of that yeah so eh. yeah i mean it would yeah it's like at this point season six i feel like he doesn't need to have to ask that question you know yeah and he's absolutely i'm sure already had like one night stands before and stuff like that so it's like I don't, I don't think there is a, a, a certain amount of time that you have to still be with somebody. Once you're done with them in your mentally, then you're done with them. Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of weird. Like, you know, oh, to, to be nice kind of thing, but like, it's in my opinion, a bit nicer to just be like, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. You let me, you know, stick it in you for a bit. And that was a good times. Hey, thanks. But, uh, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because I was thinking this, you know, like, before we'd had this discussion, after I watched the episode, I was like, why does Jerry really need to have this explained to him? And so as I was closing out Hulu, I just kind of looked up at the screen and it gave, I, I read for the first time the Hulu description of just Seinfeld in general. And it was like four New York friends discover the trials and tribulations of dating in the 90s. And I was like, what? That's not fucking Seinfeld. Like that's yeah. like, that's a part of Seinfeld, but like to f- the fact that they distilled like Seinfeld down to that on Hulu, I was like, "Ooh, that that doesn't feel right," but weirdly coincides to like sort of what is happening with the episode now that we're talking about. So, 
I guess this show is about dating in the 90s, but I don't think in my head like that's what the, the crutch of this show is. But I guess technically it is. I mean, there's a lot of dating in the but no, not once do I really think this is a show about that. How is the show description on Hulu not just a show about nothing? <laughs> Literally, that should be the description, a show about nothing. Yep, 100%. Fucking right, Hulu. So. <laughs> well, it's going to be on Netflix soon enough. I can't remember when they're making the Switch, but uh, I think it's like maybe halfway through this year or so. some shit like that. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. yeah. All right. Kramer then ends up making like this big noise, this big yell. Uh, it's not the kidney stone. Uh, apparently, he tried a gymnastic move. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was there. It was fine. It was there. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. And now, back to the show. George walks down the street and accidentally pours coffee on this guy's car. Like, he has no spatial awareness. Yeah. Where he just throws the coffee. Like, this part, this this is where George's storyline goes downhill for me. Yeah. Because when you think, dude, I lived in downtown L.A. on 6th and Spring, which has been shot to look like New York. It's it's a one yeah. small place of, of downtown LA that actually looks like New York. And when and I was only living there for 2 years and I will tell you, dude, you become more aware of your surroundings when you live in the city like that. I guarantee you George Costanza, the character after living in New York his entire life would have much more of an understanding of yeah. your surroundings because something like that would get you killed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he just ends up pissing uh, pissing off the guy who was in the car, so he's trying to wipe it up. He's using a newspaper. He ends up looking like a bum, yeah. haha, kind of from what Jerry called him out on. Lindsay's mother 
happens to be walking down the street, sees it. So it kind of continues that, oh, he was eating trash. He, he's, a, he's a bum. Uh, he's a bum. Yeah. And, and she's again horrified and her reaction yeah. is great and and that's what honestly her reaction is what keeps this little scene from being completely stupid yeah but it's just fucking weird because he she offered him food right before he went and ate that thing so it's not that he is a bum it's that he's fucking disgusting george yep. Yep. Like that and so I don't I don't get the try to push to make him feel like a bum because and then also what we're gonna see in a little bit, like they don't really continue it. But uh whatever. He um he gets on the phone to try to explain things to Lindsay and he gets another shot with her again. And again, I'm like Why? <laughs> why does he get another shot? I feel I need to see that interaction with her to see is some kind of acting change in her is to be like, I'm done with you too. All right. You convinced me as opposed to the one side conversation we're having on the phone that he's just gotten it yep. and nothing he's really said has made me feel that it is worth it. But if I would have seen her face change, maybe there's that. And there's not even a cut to her on the other side of the phone. It's just 100% him. Yeah. What? Why are they just giving her no screen time? These two episodes. It's it's very unfortunate for her. And, I, so. I, and I'm just thinking, like, dude, you would be – you're right, dude. Like, I I needed – we need the mm. other side of this conversation. We need the other side of this relationship in order to, to find it even funnier for the whole thing for him to – yeah, because what they're just pulling off is George is just disgusting. So it's like, why does this girl yeah. even want to be with him, period, you know? It. It doesn't make sense why anybody wants to be with George. Yeah, he is a disgusting, <laughs> hideous man. It's true. That is true. So, all right. Uh, Kramer comes in, and Jerry's all upset at him because you know now he feels he has to stay with Katya because Kramer said you gotta go for like a week. You know, whatever. Yeah. I don't feel that bad for Jerry. Oh, boohoo! You gotta stay with yeah. a hot Ro- Romanian gymnast. Go fuck off. Um, but uh, he forces Kramer to go to the circus with him. And Kramer's all upset because he's afraid of clowns, which yeah. we know yeah. he's afraid of clowns because of the, uh, the cr- crazy Joe Davola. Yeah. The crazy Joe Davola episode where he was afraid of clowns already. And then crazy Joe kicked him in the fucking head. <laughs> and yeah, he's obviously, obviously would be afraid of clowns. So. Uh, Mr. Pitt is upset at Elaine for her comment on the name of Moland Springs, um, which is pretty valid because Moland Springs, as you said, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Mr. Pitt gets a call, which Elaine answers, and Pitt's about to head out, but he thinks he finally sees something in the yard. <laughs> so we're going to come back to it and just say there's a lot of back and forth with a lot yeah, of these scenes. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, just got to give me a minute here. Uh, at the circus, Jerry meets her friend Misha, who is played by Maurice Godin or Godin. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I actually recognized him. I did watch a little bit of the show Working, which was the Fred Savage show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I did, too. I like that one. Yeah. That was actually his longest stint. He had the, he was more on that show than he really was on anything else that I remember. But he had just tons of credits as kind of like one-off characters. Yeah, I kind of remember from Alias. He was like, oh, yeah, okay. he was another little one-off character. But I was like, ah, I recognize his face. And it was probably yeah. one of those things where I was like, oh, I recognize him from Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yep. All right, so the water company's called. It's an emergency meeting. Uh, so, you know, they're trying to get Mr. Pitt over to help solve this 
name crisis, all this kind of shit. But he is sucked into the picture again because he thinks he can see it. So Elaine, who's trying to get him ready, reaches into her pen, which you already mentioned. She just threw in there uh, without putting the cap on or anything else. And so now she pulls her hands out. There's ink all over her pen, all over her hands, exactly what Mr. Pitt had kind of already referenced to. Uh, And so she ends up grabbing him. Uh, who's re- wearing riding gear, which... Yeah, because um, he was going to ride his yeah. horse or something, yeah. Jenny. 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 Yeah, his <laughs> Jenny. Yeah. He hasn't ridden Jenny in three days. <laughs> and you know what? There's a couple Jennies I wish I had ridden in three, you know, <laughs> well, just a couple. What's well, funny because when Ian Abercrombie said it, it wasn't sexual at all. When you said the exact same line, <laughs> hypersexual. That's all I thought about. Yeah. It was like, I haven't ridden Jenny in three days. I was like, whoa, that sounds yeah. like a I know, something. but as <laughs> when it comes out of Ian Abercrombie's mouth, it's not sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I think everything coming out of Ian Abercrombie's <laughs> mouth is sexual. I'm not gonna oh, lie. God bless him, that man. R.I.P. Yeah. Rest in peace, yep. exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, so Elaine grabs him. In his attire, and like he ends up getting ink all over, including right on the middle of his nose, mm. like right under his nose, looking Hitler esque, yes, if you will. Yes, but I do like when Elaine's grabbing, like, Mr. Pen, you have to go, you know, she's like grabbing like by the lapels and he's shaking, and it's, I don't know, it's it's good energy, well, she, it's fun energy. She's She's waking him up yeah. because he's been in this trance from the whole magic well, eye thing. Well, she, she breaks the, the poster, too, over her knee. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah Elaine, take charge. I love this. <laughs> she does. She absolutely destroys that shit and throws it away. And then that snaps him out um, and gets him all riled up, which is not really a good thing because he has all that ink <laughs> right in the middle of his mustache. Uh, before we get to that, though, we cut to the circus. Um, Misha is about to do his act but jerry says break a leg which is a pretty common term yeah but misha being from romania obviously hasn't heard it so it kind of makes him kind of nervous or something he kind of looks back at jerry in a weird look uh and i do like a little throwback throw out comment here where misha's wearing a cape and he walks out jerry says the line wow those capes are really coming back and I yeah. think this had to yeah. be a little nod yeah. to the Larry David caped lawyer. Oh, yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. Absolutely. And I like the callbacks that they're starting to pepper in to the show. Uh, even though I had issues with the caped lawyer and, you know, you can go back and listen yeah. to that episode. It's not that far back. But it is kind of, I don't know, those the, I don't want Seinfeld to be an entirely serialized show where everything flows into the next episode. But these little hints mm-hmm. is what makes Seinfeld worth watching multiple times because you get more out of it. Right. Because him making that statement about the capes here, it's if you hadn't seen that other episode or it doesn't you don't put the connection together, it doesn't take anything away from this episode. Yeah, true. Exactly. It only it really only enhances. Yep. It doesn't uh, you know, deter. Exactly. Yeah. All right. At a party that at uh, Lindsay's mother's place, George is there and he pops into the bathroom. All right, then we cut back to Kramer, who is in pain at the circus, and it's his kidney stone. And he goes to the bathroom and he passes it, letting out a huge scream, which ends up distracting Misha uh, and it ends up making him fall from the highway. Yeah, ah, yeah. And it was weird that they were using some kind of weird 
like alternate footage when you could have just kept the camera on Misha. I don't think we needed like a long establishing shot to see that he was up there. I think we would have bought yeah. it, you know? So they absolutely use what I would consider stock footage. Yeah. That's, part, that's very likely what it is. So stock footage is you buy footage that is just kind of like, you know, hey, you can buy it for a simple price and use it for whatever. Um, so they found some footage f- or they purchased footage from Ringling Brothers. Yeah, because it was on... Ringling Brothers. Like it exactly. was actually like branded. It was and branded. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so they had some footage of like lions and uh, elephants and all this shit making noises. And this like lower, like, this ultra low angle establishing shot of a guy on a high wire. And then they cut to a tight of it being Misha, which they didn't really look enough alike for me to believe it. Or even so have that's the why same, I had a- like the same outfit. Like it was just like, so <laughs> yeah. not even trying guys. So I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like the you the use of that stock footage just made me be like, wow, that looks less believable than if they just stayed on the tights, like just go back to yeah. Misha. Like I know what he's doing by having this big fucking, you know, bar that he's holding you could have all the other stock footage of the circus and we would have just filled it in and then just have no stock footage of the guy on the tightrope and just have misha sure yeah i think that that would have worked much and you're an editor so you know that that would have worked too like we would have our brains would have inserted all the other pieces and we didn't need that at all they over they overcompensated that definitely so all right george comes out of the bathroom at the party but he's been looking at the magic eye (laughs) thing like painting they had on the wall and he comes out a little distracted. He doesn't have a damn shirt on. I love how he says that is weird, wild stuff, <laughs> which is of course a, uh, weird, weird, well, wild stuff. Uh, I think uh, it's a Johnny John, Carson. Yeah, yes. And uh, that of course is a Johnny Carson thing from the tonight show. Weird, wild, weird, weird wild, wild stuff. stuff. Yeah. And that oh, was, yeah. that was still before you, or, right? Like you didn't, that. your tonight show was uh Jay Leno, correct? When you were growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I know that was like right at like 1990, 91, whenever it was that he swapped out and uh, Leno came in. But I was six at the time yeah. or whatever. I obviously wasn't paying any attention. I, of course, know of Johnny of course, Carson yeah. just plenty yeah. because I'm a nostalgia file. But Leno is my Tonight Show guy. And honestly, I like Leno. I actually saw him live a couple, uh, at least once out in L.A. for just for a live free taping. But I was pretty pissed. Because I was a Conan O'Brien fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, Hardcore. And so when he came on, I was, like, really excited for Conan. But the thing is, The Tonight Show wasn't – they couldn't handle Conan. No. Conan, he's he's more over the top, and he's a little bit, you know – he has some of that more adult humor that the Tonight, the Tonight Show wasn't ready for. And so they ended up being like, all right, now, fuck you. We're going to bring back Leno, which I was – Fuck them for doing that, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Conan, in, in the end of the day, like got a good deal out of it with his own show, and I think he needed yeah. his own show. And I'm a Conan yeah. fan too, to be honest with you. But uh, but I was never, honestly, I was never a late night talk show type of person mm. because if I was going to be watching something that late, anyways. I would rather be watching a movie or or something on Nick at Night, you know, when I because when when uh, when Johnny, Bullshit, you were watching Cinemax, probably we yeah, all know this, probably exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I dude, I never watched a lot of of nighttime talk shows. To be honest with you, I never really watched them. Okay, all right, yeah. I mean, I, I was I was definitely yeah. I I watched Conan actually pretty often. Okay, um, I watch John Oliver every episode now. Okay, and uh, now granted. We live in the day of streaming, so I don't have to watch it uh, at night. I actually watch it the next morning at, you know, when I wake up. But, like, 
there are a couple late night people that I absolutely adore. Nice. And I, I get that, so. you know, it's, it, that is like a, um, a thing. Like I get that people like that format of television and yeah. everything. It just never really caught on for me. And completely fair. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Mr. Pitt, he makes a speech at this whole company merger, this emergency meeting, very Hitler joke. They even throw in a Heil because these are gonna, stocks are going to go higher, and he does a Heil. Ha, ha, ha. It's kind of eh, lowbrow humor, but it's fine. So my question uh, mm-hmm. has always been, per this episode, why? Like, what? what is the point of this Mr. Pitt Hitler joke? Like, all right, so the last episode was the whole Roe v. Wade thing. Like, yeah. But here, wh- like— why it's a cheap just, just why they, why they don't they don't tie it in with anything right. if there was something to tie it in with like watching the schindler's list episode or hell fuck you know even any anything that tied into nazism fascism whatever but they don't it's just all of a sudden he looks like hitler and he makes a speech you're right. It, it comes out of nowhere. It's for a cheap laugh. The whole entire storyline, wouldn't it be a better conclusion for, like, Mr. Pitt now to have eye troubles? Like, he goes to the doctors uh, and he's yeah. and he's cross-eyed or something? Like, yeah, because there's no connection yeah, they, between Hitler to the t- magic eye thing. There's no connection yeah. to the two You're things right, that he was doing. They did, they did discuss the whole... They didn't discuss that like it hurts your eyes, but they did like kind of mention that it it'll distract you, and hence George coming out without a shirt, so like the eye, yeah. the magic eye distracts you. But the distracting him into becoming Hitler makes no sense. Yeah, I, I still I don't get it. I do not get it. Yeah, and it's we're heading towards our general thoughts yeah, or our final yeah, thoughts on yeah. this one. So yeah, we can get there. Um, we find out that Misha is going to be okay. Katya's going to go see him, but before she leaves, she dumps Jerry because she felt that he was inadequate in bed because in her culture, she, they see comedians as this whole sexualized, super good in bed kind of thing, <laughs> which I think is a pretty funny yeah, flip I like because that. exactly gymnasts flexible. There's a sexualization of gymnasts, um, and they flipped it on its head. And Jeremy was inadequate exactly the same way he thought she was inadequate. Je- Jeremy, so it's kind of funny. Jeremy again. What is No, I, I said Jerry. Did. It's wild. What is going I, no, on no, with I your Jeremy's? Do you I know a Jerry. Jeremy? I do. I, I work with a Jeremy very closely. Uh, he's he a must, good buddy. He must have been a bad boy today because he's on your mind. But I do, I do like I, – I saw him yesterday. <laughs> I do like that – you can assume that she's having the same conversations with Misha or whatever that yeah. Jer- that Jeremy that Jerry is having with Elaine. You know, like so. So you put it together at the end. You're like, oh, her trajectory the entire episode was also the same as yeah. Jerry. So it almost gives you reason to go, oh, you start thinking back. You're like, okay, I love that. Honestly, the fact yeah. that in Romania the comedian is the most you know virile or whatever. I thought that was yeah. funny, man. Fair enough. All right. And then we get a last little tag here of Kramer feeling good after passing the stone. It's a nice little whistle, and he's he's good to go. That's right. And so. no, no final stand-up for this one either. So another episode and another one that I'm wishing they had something. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
I agree with you, dude. I agree yeah. with you. So um, I, I led the charge last episode. So you tell me what you think of this one, buddy. Yeah, I like George eating the trash. That is an iconic George moment. Not so much is George cleaning off the car um, or even walking out shirtless in the party. That stuff, I think, gets thrown away because the eclair eating is the moment. And they fuck up all the other stuff. Oh, so it should have, uh, they should have done it in reverse. They should have yeah. had her. Oh, dude, you, Adam, are a fucking genius. I and this is your. I didn't. I only came here because of you. So they should have made the him cleaning the windows first, and then the eclair second because the eclair is much yep. more of a punch. Much more, much more, and that's the one that everybody tags onto, yeah. or, or you know that they recognize from this episode. Um, not the other stuff. Yeah. Not at all. You're hundred percent correct on that. Yeah. So the gymnast stuff was very meh to me. Like I just, I didn't find all that stuff very funny. Um, Kramer's stuff was pretty meh to me as well. Him and his kidney stone. Like none of the things, nothing punched up to Seinfeld level for me with this episode. I liked Mr. Pitt's infatuation with the magic eye. Because I'm nostalgic for Magic Eye. And so I had a little tag there, and I liked that. The Hitler stuff didn't work as well. But the other things, I liked. So overall, I felt this was a below par, but not bad. I still enjoyed myself episode. So I ended up giving it a very similar 2 out of 5 flexible gymnasts. Oh, hello. <laughs> On pummel horses. <laughs> uh it's it's interesting. It's interesting because I feel similar to you, not in score but in reasonings mm. for what you do and don't like about it. Uh I will say that the Kramer stuff does hold a bit more sway for me because it was so impactful for me of being fearful moving forward. So I can't, I don't really know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but for me, Kramer is very memorable in this episode. Uh, I love Pitt. I love, uh, yeah, I love, Pitt. I love Pitt. I love Mr. Pitt. And I don't even care. And here's the funny thing is the whole Hitler thing. I don't really understand it as a joke, but I still always remember it, and I don't think it's yeah. oh, I don't yeah. think it's the worst thing ever. I just didn't understand why they did it, you know. Um, but it's but but because it's Mr. Pitt, I kind of inherently love it because I love everything that Mr. Pitt does. So honestly, dude, I actually like this a little bit more than I thought I was gonna like it, and so I'm gonna have to give it three broken Misha's on the ground on the circus floor out of five. Okay. <laughs> just okay. crumpled Misha's on the floor. But uh, yeah, yeah, dude, I I definitely like this one more than the previous episode. But I will say mm. that both of these episodes, the writing is not the tightest that we've seen. And I am a little bit worried about moving forward, knowing also, too, this is not our, our the creative team that we had pretty much throughout seasons one through five, you know? Larry Charles no. and everything, they're gone. So, yeah. But, I mean, but Larry David is still Larry, on. He's still Larry writing. Larry David is still there, but Larry Charles is gone. And, and I think we're starting to see 
maybe, you know, what he was bringing to the table. Maybe Larry Charles was the guy that, yeah. that tightened things up and was like, hey, if you're going to do this, where's the where's the layer to that? Like, where's the beginning maybe? to that? And I feel like you Ooh. said it, like, I can't. you said, I think, on the last episode, there's just, it feels like these last two episodes have these little tangible like these little like like threads that are just hanging off of it that don't feel yeah. like they sort of connect to anything and if you will go back and listen to our shows that we give like really high scores to like fives and everything i think one of the things that you and i both love is when there's no wasted moment when every mm-hmm. single thing ties back into another thing and i think too like you know, us watching it like this, we're very aware of the time. We're pausing it like like we're pausing it much more when we're tracking it yeah. than we ever do when we watch it. So I think just inherently, Adam, I have to assume you're more aware of the time than you were if you were just watching it to 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 go with. Yeah. So I think we're both aware of like we how like what twenty two minutes and some change feels like and and how how little bit of time that is, but also, it's still a lot of time if you know how to use it correctly. And I feel so far this season that has been the lackluster. That's where they've like slighted the most is having just very tight episodes. They just haven't been as tight. We've given some good scores and we've had some fun. Oh, yeah. But man, I hope that this doesn't like isn't the, the what the future holds for us having these real loosey goosey episodes yeah. moving Hell, forward we already had a five out of five yeah. i mean uh, our very first yeah. episode was another five out of five I mean, we had some big ones early on we're just kind of been a little bit lackluster after since that those those first couple episodes yeah. so you know i'm curious it might pop back up but you know it never fails to be a perfect network full of perfect episodes from every podcast Beef Up! The Beef Up Network. That's right, Corey. You have absolutely been converted. You are a, not a BFOPer. You're a BFOPer, and I love it. I, I blame you completely for that. But, uh, yeah, guys and gals, go check out our network website, BFOPnetwork.com. That's BFOPnetwork.com. And there you will find links to The Blast from Our Past, Podcast After Dark, Talking Back, uh, Throwback Trivia Takedown, and we have more podcast coming soon nostalgic based fun based whatever you want to say but we are growing and uh as we've said before i'm a grower and uh, i'm also a shower (laughs) i knew where that was going (laughs) but as we said before there's no podcasts on our network that we aren't already a fan of we don't just bring yeah. podcasts on. We we vet them and we make sure that we love them. And uh, so when you start seeing some new ones pop up, just know we give them our full endorsement. Exactly. We um we want to bring y'all high quality nostalgic content, and we're not just like going out being, hey, you want to join our network? Hey, what about you? You want to make a podcast and join our network? Like, we want the people who are invested in good quality podcasts. So when a podcast joins the BFOP Network, I can guarantee you it's something that we think is solid. And actually, it's something that we listen to because I listen to pretty much every fucking episode of every podcast on our network. And honestly, and I do that too, like, just to kind of make sure we stay up, like, I would be doing it anyways, but now I doubly do it, and now I have no free time for any other podcast, so that's yeah. all right. It's all good. It's all good. 
Alright, well, what's also all good is when we meet for the next episode, which is The Soup. And guess what, Corey? Oh, man. Are you serious? That's what's next? We're going to get some Kenny Banya, baby. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. I can't wait. It's gold, Corey. It's gold. gold. It's gold. I love it, dude. Banya, buddy. Banya. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. All right, guys. Catch you next week with The Soup. That's gold, Jerry. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. 